It is Soccer Weekly. I am Dave Denholm, and you are listening to the home of world football here in Southern California. Happy to be with you yet again here in 2020. We are ready to get absolutely rolling when it comes to the beautiful game in Southern California and in Los Angeles. LAFC back in training. The Champions League teams are allowed to get a little bit of an early start versus the other MLS sides only to get ready for an early CONCACAF Champions League, right? I mean, they got to get going because in mid-February, LAFC will be in action against Leon at Leon. Oh, boy, what a tough task that will be for Leon. No, so they got work to do. They're back in training after signing Jose Cifuentes from Ecuador, the young 20-year. Oh, what an under-20 World Cup he had. Holy cow. LAFC at it again. There was a graphic by a, uh, I love, and they're on Twitter, I love a magazine that it comes out called Scouted Football. Scouted Football, like a, you know, like a football scout. And they do a great job on breaking down young players around the world. And even their Twitter handle, at ScoutedFTBL, like Scouted Football. And it, essentially their Twitter title says it all comprehensive analysis statistic and words on football's next generation well scouted football had an all best 11 for the under 20 world cup just recent now this is not just CONCACAF, right this is not you know just the u.s and canada and this is the world the under 20 world cup and they pointed out in a tweet uh, a little more than a day ago well it was yesterday after the Cifuentes announcement, LAFC signs Jose Cifuentes, the Ecuadorian, who's now become a, a a full international. After signing him, they have Cifuentes, Brian Rodriguez, and, and Chiqui Palacios. Three of the players that scouted football picked for their best 11 for the under-20 World Cup. Let that sink in. Now, it was a competition that was won by Ukraine. Ukraine had three players themselves, the country. But LAFC now has signed three of the best 11, according to Scouted Football, and they do a great job at that magazine and that website and everything else. Unbelievable. Jose Cifuentes is the third, of course. Chiqui Palacios also made it, as did Brian Rodriguez, who actually was in the substitute. So it was it was the best team, the all-whatever 18 and two of them were actually listed as named as the top best 11 in Chiqui Palacios and Cifuentes with Brian Rodriguez, who I thought had a magnificent under-20 World Cup. So I beg your pardon. It's a top, you know, whatever, 18. And LAFC now have three of them. That is incredible. It truly is. And it just keeps reminding you what the black and gold are doing and building with that pipeline to South America and young, young talent. Not just talent. Young talent, and they're just building building blocks for the future, and not only the future, for right now as well. Players like Ginella and obviously Cifuentes now. Now, turn our attention down south to Carson and Chicharito. And it got me thinking here. A couple of key aspects to all of this with LA Galaxy and Chicharito. There can be no debate, no debate whatsoever that Chicharito is an absolute winner off the field for LA Galaxy. Right? Jerseys, tickets, publicity, money, cash. 
absolute winner. Is Chicharito good enough on the pitch? Hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. Be honest about it. Do you have some concerns? Are there question marks that linger? Now, he's got a couple of goals in Europa League for Sevilla. He's got just one goal in nine appearances. Hasn't, you know, played a lot in La Liga. So I'm not sitting here telling. He had a decent little stretch at West Ham. Nothing tremendous there. It's been a while. He did well over at Bayer Leverkusen. I, I was a little, I, well, I wasn't that surprised. They made money, you know, they sold him in some, some of those Bundesliga clubs. They certainly know what they're doing business-wise and financially. He had a nice run there, though, at Leverkusen. I thought he really fit in well there. And we've seen him at, what, Real Madrid, at Man United. The Chicharito is a, truly a, a, a footballing legend. But I'm going to be honest with you. Is he good enough? He is nowhere near... My estimation, the level of, uh, of Zlatan Ibrahimovic right now. Even at 38, we saw what Zlatan could do just a few days ago at AC Milan, right? In that retirement league known as Serie A. I'm kidding. Come on, I'm playing with you. Hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. Is there any concern, if you're a Galaxy fan, is Chicharito good enough at this point? Now, you can say, oh, for MLS, he's going to destroy the league. Well, maybe. But are you sure about that? Are you absolutely sure Chicharito is just going to run through and be dominant? Now, I mean, look, obviously people say, well, you, you know, you're black and gold bias. I'm going to bring in Mario Reyes here. Mario obviously loves the black and gold. But Mario, you are a, uh, you're a guy who tells the truth. Yeah. Which I love. Chicharito, am I wrong to even question whether he'll be good enough on the pitch no, it's definitely a, a solid, solid question. And, of course, you're right. Off the pitch, I mean, oh, those jersey sales are going to be going crazy. Yeah. Oh, I forget mean, home run. It's a grand slam. It's it's four goals in a game. You know, it's just it's an automatic winner off and, the pitch. And, once again, it's a grand slam for the league. Everybody yes. thought after Zlatan, well, now what's up with the rivalry? That's a great point. What's up with El Trafico? Now, yeah. now you know what's up with El Trafico. Chicharito on a Galaxy jersey going up against LAFC and Carlos Vela. Wow. It's yeah, no, on. that's a great point. That's a very good point. It's great for the league. Don't get me wrong. But is he the type of player right now? Maybe I'm wrong. Look, Carlos Vela said he's a scoring machine. Okay. Right? And that's well, what you fair need. Enough. That's fair what enough. You, if he's a scoring machine for the Galaxy, then I think he's good enough, I guess. You know, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. And I'm not sitting here telling you he's going to be a bust by any, you know, by any means. I, it wouldn't surprise me if this guy goes off. Make no mistake. He has the talent. It's just that it hasn't really been that easy for him of late. And he's, you know, as crazy as it sounds, because we saw Zlatan Ibrahimovic at 38, still doing what he's doing. But Chicharito is 31 now. He's not 27 anymore. Those years do add up, although he's still got plenty of time left in him if he, you know, if he can get going. And I'm not saying he won't. This is just no automatic here, right? We knew that Carlos Vela was going to come in and do well in MLS. You just know. Right, he was even a couple of years younger at the time when he when he first started with LAFC back in their initial season in 2018. We knew Zlatan Ibrahimovic coming to the Galaxy even at what 36 didn't matter. He was going to score if healthy with the knee. That was the question. He was going to score. We know Joseph Martinez week in and week out for Atlanta will put the ball in the back of the net. Now I see scenarios where Chicharito certainly can. 
But I don't know if it's a guarantee that he's going to light up with 25 goals. You know, big canny? Yes. I'm not 100% sold that that's going to happen. So it is a little bit there. But again, you know, look, I mean, you got to do it. You have to do it. Speaking of have to do it, you the United States men's national team gets a new general manager. It's a big move. Brian McBride. And according to U.S. Soccer, they have a, they put out their press release, uh, some 20 domestic and foreign candidates were part of this as Ernie Stewart was looking for the U.S. men's uh, you know general manager, and he comes upon and finally decides upon Brian McBride. McBride had almost 100 caps. You all know Brian McBride if you've been around the world of football in America for more than 10 minutes. A true gentleman. And I believe this is a fantastic hire. I really do. Part of his job is going to be interacting with the players, making sure that everything goes well there. Obviously, you know, manage relationships, as U.S. Soccer said. The environment of the club, magnificent. Nobody is, in my estimation, more worthy right now of this job than Brian McBride for me. I think this is a perfect hire. It uh, The dreaded cliche, it checks all the boxes. It's great visually. U.S. soccer's been taking a pounding, and rightfully so, over the last few years. I think Brian McBride is the perfect hire right now. And I hope he does nothing but succeed, obviously. For both him, he's such a good guy, but also, of course, for U.S. soccer. Just a fascinating move there. Hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. So much to get to still throughout the show. we got Black and Gold Breakdown coming up. Tristan Blackman of LAFC going to join us next here on the home of the Black and Gold. I am Dave Denholm, and this is ESPNLA 710. Soccer Weekly, ESPNLA 710. I am Dave Denholm. Welcome to the show here on ESPNLA. We appreciate you joining us each and every week here in Southern California talking the beautiful game, and it is a beautiful week to talk the beautiful game because we are getting going in MLS with the training camps for the Champions League teams already kicked off and we got so much to talk about it is time now to really start breaking it down with the black and gold breakdown One, two, three, break down. it's the black and gold breakdown break, down. break it down like this right now joining us is lafc defender for black and gold breakdown tristan blackman tristan thanks so much for taking the time appreciate it buddy congratulations on the extension of your contract how does it feel now with uh, a little bit more of your future secured here for the black and gold? No, it feels, it feels amazing. Uh, it's an honor to be back with this club. I'm very excited to keep on progressing as a player. Um, yeah, and I'm ready to go for season three. Yeah, it is season three for you and for the club. Now, season two, uh, look, your first season, obviously, you're just trying to get a feel for what uh, professional football looks like for you. And obviously, it was a great you know team built from day one. Season two, man, you you really took some steps up on the pitch. How was it? Did it did the game slow down for you? Did it did it become a little bit easier in season two? I know you had some loan spells that helped along the way as you're building your career, Tristan. How does it feel now going into season three as a player? No, I think it's just it's been a you know a group effort of trying to figure out people's positions and the way we're going to fit in with the team. And yeah. I think our our team has done a very good job of. Um, you know, including me and, you know, helping me find my way in the team. And uh, I think season two was a huge confidence boost for me. And then going into season three, I'm, you know, I'm feeling very good and the team is as well. So we're very excited. Yeah, you know, I said defender in, in describing you, obviously. We're talking with Tristan Blackman, but he's more than that. He is, he certainly is 
a defender playing in the center back spot and in the right back spot. But you really get up and get going in this team. Obviously, the the, the right and left back spots uh, responsibilities include a whole lot of offense, which you're very comfortable with, right? Yeah, of course, of course. Our wing backs are <laughs> flying up and down the pitch the, the whole ninety, so um, that's definitely part of our game. Um, and yeah, you'll see a lot more of that in season three as well. Yeah, I think there's no doubt about that under Bob Bradley's system. Tristan fits right in in 18 appearances last season for the Black and Gold in the regular season. He had a goal and four assists. And really, Tristan, to me, obviously versatility is a key for any team. But I know, you know, a guy like Latif Blessing, he's able to come back and play the right back spot, had a huge season in the midfield. You have been able to do that. You're more than capable of playing in a couple of spots. How does that translate in the sense that how do you get mentally prepared for that for a season, Tristan? Because you are certainly a huge part of this team now moving forward. How do you prepare mentally for the possibility of, well, I may have to play in the center back spot. I might have to play out wide and get forward. How does that work? Yeah, no, I think last year um, I definitely became more comfortable playing in different positions as, you know, as the year went on and the team needed me in different positions. So I became more comfortable um, with that. And my team definitely and the staff as well helped me you know, manage those moments when I was in different positions and, you know, kept pushing me to be confident in those. And I think this year it's even more so, um, you know, finding the position, whichever that you're in in the game, and you just go all out and you, you know, you, you do what the team is asking for you um, to do. And, yeah, I think a lot of our players are able to do that, very versatile. Um, and we have a bunch of young guys who can do that. So Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And he is one of them, Tristan Blackman, uh, joining us here on Soccer Weekly here on the Black and Gold Breakdown as we get ready for Season 3. You guys have kicked off training camp a little early because of the CONCACAF Champions League, of course. MLS allows for that. Have What is the, what is the off-season look like for you, Tristan? I know, obviously, a lot of the holidays are wrapped up in that, but how have you been preparing this so far for the off-season? Yeah, no, I think there's obviously, you know, a few days where you can take off and, you know, enjoy the holidays with your family and friends. Um, but for the most part, it's, you know, it's still grinding and making sure that you're prepared when training camp starts, especially this year going into Champions League. I know a lot of us are, all of us are very excited for this opportunity and we want to, we want to make the most of it. So, um, guys are fresh, guys are fit, and we're ready to go. Tristan, uh, we've been talking about it on this show for a long time. MLS closing the gap with Liga Amakis over the course of the last several years, even well before you were in the league. And I do believe that's the case. I think LAFC, Seattle, certainly any of the Atlanta United, anybody can win the Champions League. What do you believe that's going to take, though? This is a very tough competition. Yeah, no, obviously it's going to be very tough. Um, the the competition, the tournament is, uh, you know, the history, you know, it's been hard for MLS teams to, you know, make their mark and leave their mark on the tournament. So I think going into it, we have, you know, a chip on our shoulders, Coming from last year, just in MLS, obviously we have a taste in our mouth that, you know, isn't setting well. And, you know, we want, you know, to go out and prove that we are even better than what we were last year. And I think this competition early on in the year is going to give us that kickstart. You know, we want to do really well in this tournament. Um, you know, make a statement that we are the best team, you know, that MLS has seen. And then that'll, you know, progressively help us throughout um, the end of the year as well. So this is a good start for us. We are talking with Tristan Blackman, who's a defender for LAFC. And again, as I outlined, if you are just you know, kind of new to the show, new to the black and gold, Tristan 
certainly can play the right back spot, getting up and getting forward in Bob Bradley's system. He's played a lot of the central defensive area as well. Tristan, what is really the mindset? Like, how do you prepare differently if you know you're going to be in the center of defense? Um, I don't know. It's tough to say. I think I mentally go into the games knowing that I have a job to do for the team. And, you know, whatever has asked me, I have to do my, to my, you know, to the best of my ability to complete that job. Um, and that's the whole team. You know, we have an, you know, identity that we try to, you know, show each time we step out on the pitch. And I think going in individually, you know, my mentality is, you know, get the job done and whatever it takes. And I think the whole team has that mentality of we're just going to grind out, play our football, and we're going to try to get wins every time we step out. So. Let me ask you something, uh, Tristan. I have been uh, saying it on this show for a while now, qu- kind of quietly, just kind of keeping my eye on you. Uh, the U.S. men's national team should be taking a look at you. Uh, you know, obviously, you got big, bigger fish to fr- not bigger, but you got big fish to fry here with LAFC. Don't let me uh, right. distract you from that. But is that something that's on your mind at all going forward? Um, I, I think I'm playing it. You know, I'm with the club right now. Um, I'm very focused on you know fighting for the position that I'm in, whichever it is, um, at the club right now. And then, you know, whatever happens after that happens. Yeah. But right now my mentality is I have to – like last year was a good start for me, um, but I still have a lot more to prove. So I'm focused on, you know, being at L.A. Yeah, I mean, that's fair because, let's face it, if you go out and win the Champions League or if you guys win MLS Cup or the Open Cup, you're going to get looks anyway. So I guess that's all that really matters is just keep playing the best you can. You're going to get your opportunity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're talking with Tristan Blackman here for the Black and Gold. Uh, Tristan, obviously, as we've talked about before, uh, from Las Vegas, I, I saw on social media earlier in the day, Eric Winalda was out at training camp for the Las Vegas Lights. Did you get a chance to meet him? Actually, I haven't yet, but he is uh, sitting around here, so I'm sure I'll, I'll start <laughs> communicating with him soon. I'll grab a conversation with him, maybe a, a bite to eat as well. So. Well, tell him I said a good guy. Obviously, as we all know, a legend with U.S. soccer and a good dude and a good coach for sure. Tristan, thanks so much for taking the time, buddy. Get back to it. I know you got a lot to prepare for as we get ready for the season, and we will talk to you soon. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. You bet. Tristan Blackman for uh, LAFC defender there here on the uh, black and gold breakdown and the reason i want to stress that is the versatility for a guy like tristan blackman and how important to me that is for lafc not because the black and gold don't have great talent all over the pitch right the depth is starting to show again with some of the signings that we are going to talk about in in depth over the next few weeks we've already discussed them it's it's about a guy like that giving that versatility, a draft pick coming out of the University of Pacific, high draft pick. I mean, LAFC traded up to get him, what, third in the draft, I think. So certainly they knew that he had a lot of talent. But to do what he's done in a short time, and really it's not even about, you know, he's been there two years, but really just 28 appearances in the regular season so far. I mean, that's less than a year, right? Less than a total season so far. And he's only started 20 games. And yet you can just see this kid getting better and better. And I say kid, he's 23 years old, so certainly not a kid from a soccer perspective, but he's growing every day, and that consistency, no matter what position you play, that's hard to do. It really is. I mean, we saw it with like a guy like Latif. We talk about how versatile he is, being able to drop back into a right-back spot and going into the midfield. I would have no trouble if Tristan Blackman, just about playing anywhere on the pitch, I mean, I believe we've even talked about it in the past. He had some history up front as a younger player. Everybody does, really. Everybody starts out as a goal scorer, essentially. (laughs) 
until you get to a level where you can't score anymore, then they drop you back. You know, like it just depends. And if you're good enough, you uh, you last as long as you can as a goal scorer because that's what everybody wants to do. But no, in all seriousness, he is that kind of just a perfect example of what Bob Bradley and his staff have been able to get out of a lot of players. Now, it doesn't always happen, but when you have talent like he does, most importantly, and you work hard, yeah, you can definitely develop in this league. And kudos to Tristan for getting that contract extension uh, through the year 2022. The LAFC has an option for 2023 as well. It's good to talk to him. We still have so much more to get to. Mexico, a couple of friendlies coming up. The United States will be in action. We'll talk about a new Barcelona manager. And an interesting little, uh, I guess, a little factoid. or not. I want to get to something with the LA Galaxy in the stands for 2020. That and so much more. I am Dave Denholm. This is Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. I am Dave Denholm. Welcome back to the show here on ESPN LA. We are the home of the black and gold. We are a home of world football. We are hanging out with you. Hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. If you miss any part of the show each week, you want to podcast it, uh, like the interview we just had with Tristan Blackman. We appreciate him joining us. If you ever miss anything, go to iTunes, go to the ESPN Pod Center, subscribe, rate, and review for Soccer Weekly with Dave Dunholm, and we appreciate that truly. Mexico going to play a couple of friendlies. They announced those coming up in March. One of them's in Charlotte and the other in Arlington, Texas, at the house that uh, Jerry built. Charlotte on March 26th is the Czech Republic taking on Mexico, and then Greece will go at it with the uh, El Tri on March 29th in Texas. United States has a friendly coming up, as we talked a little bit about with Costa Rica on February 1st down at the uh, at in Carson, and then they'll play the Netherlands in early March, March 26th. I don't know if they're going to have another game there. Do they going to have another uh, like the back-to-back, kind of like what Mexico's doing? We'll see there. But interesting, though. We talked about Brian McBride being hired as the U.S. Men's National Team general manager of sorts. That is a great move. But it's a great move what Mexico's doing with these friendlies. I love these matchups with the Czech Republic and Greece. A couple of European sides, different styles, those two teams, to be sure. And they're, they they will clash over the course of a few days. So it's a good job or a good opportunity for Tatar Martino to take a look at El Tri in slightly different game you know situations, if you will, between those two sides, the Czech Republic and Greece. Good competition. I love what they're doing. And it just brings to mind... Something that I've been thinking about more and more when you see the ratings on television for Liga Mekis, Ligia, you know, the final, huge numbers. I mean, people forget the number one football team in the United States. The number one football team, our beautiful sport, is the uh, Mexican national team. There can be no debate of that. El Tri is the most popular soccer team in the United States. And it just get it just draws to mind something. Now you can be as if you're a U.S. fan, right? And sometimes I talk about this with MLS, and you can be negative about some things like that because there's so many soccer quote unquote fans in America that don't give MLS the time of day, and it drives me nuts. Drives me insane. Because if they did, and if they were smart and could see past their own you know hand, MLS would be the biggest league in the world. Without a doubt. But what it does when it it comes to the national teams is it gives me hope. It gives me really kind of a a, let's get pumped up. It almost is a good competition kind of thing, a feeling. When I see El Tree 
being so immensely popular here in the United States. Because I know there's so much more the U.S. men's national team can get to. And I believe, in all honesty, look, when it comes to the sport itself inside the lines, I sports hate the Mexican national team more than any team in the world, without a doubt. And that will never change. This is a bitter rivalry as well as it should be. Absolutely. Right? We're CONCACAF bitter rivals, and that's the way it's going to be. But I can respect them, and I can see what they can do with their fan base, and I see the potential for the U.S. men's national team. And I love that. I do. I I feel positive about that. Even as dark of the days as we've had for the U.S. men's national team lately, no doubt, obviously the, the worst of it was missing the World Cup, and that can never happen again. But even through all this, I'm starting to see a little bit of light coming through again. I truly am. Now, I'm not saying Greg Berhalter is the greatest coach in the world by any means. I don't know. Maybe he won't succeed. But I see the talent coming through. And it just reminds me, when I see these friendlies set up by Mexico, I got no problem with it. I love it. And I know what the U.S. men's national team can eventually be here. And I can't wait. Let's get there. Let's go. This is not a negative. This should be a positive for everybody and for the beautiful game, most importantly. Right? Because we're still building it. And that's what draws me to a little bit of frustration at times when you keep hearing me on the show talk about people who just ignore MLS for no really good reason, frankly. They have old, outdated excuses, many of them. Because when you see the players and the talent that MLS is bringing in, you have to be impressed and you have to be excited for that. I don't, you're lying to yourself if you're not. But it's true. If we just get the soccer fans in America to begin watching this sport on television, and by sport I mean MLS, watching this league, MLS becomes the biggest league in the world very soon because television money rules the world when it comes to sports. And it will continue to do so. And that is still where Major League Soccer can make their biggest push forward. Still a long way to go. But I'm even encouraged by the ratings I see for uh, Liga MX playoffs here in the United States. And for ratings with L3, of course. Even when they play here, the ratings on TV here are just fantastic. Plenty to be positive about going forward, in my estimation. No doubt about it. So those are the things you have to focus on. And that's something that Brian McBride is going to have to do with the U.S. men's national team. Get the positivity going as, as soon as possible. we got to start winning again. we got to start playing well. we got to start promoting and really just getting behind. I mean, let's remember, when the U.S. was at their peak, soccer-wise, like when we, you know, just starting to get more popular, but on the pitch, what was it about for the U.S.? It was about a couple of players. Landon Donovan, Clint Dempsey, right? Talent, incredible talent. Guys who made things happen, put the ball in the back of the net, made their teammates much better around them. And they had good teammates, make no mistake. We, we, it wasn't like it was a two-man team, but you get the point. We need that Christian Pulisic and the next guy whoever that might be, 
And hopefully, sooner rather than later, Brian McBride and Greg Berhalter will be able to get that out of the U.S. men's national team consistently because the talent is there. It is. And that's what's even almost more frustrating that we haven't been able to tap into it as consistently as we should. Hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. Your thoughts on Brian McBride becoming the U.S. men's national team GM and really, uh, you know, the, the L tree so dominant in CONCACAF for so long, we still got a ways to go to get back at him again. We were right there, and, uh, you know, look, the U.S. men's national team will be able to battle Mexico, no question, tooth and nail. But we are not as good, and that is where they have to get to as quickly as possible. We're going to keep getting to uh, more and more football. I really want to discuss something with the L.A. Galaxy, and it has to do with in the stands and the atmosphere they're trying to create. It is a big move for L.A. Galaxy down in Carson, and it really could shift things coming up in 2020. We'll break that down. Coming up next, I am Dave Denholm. This is the home of world football in Southern California. It's ESPN LA 710. Earlier today on Twitter, L.A. Galaxy sent out on their social media a little video, 15 seconds, kind of just of the the construction work going on in the north end, what is now going to be known as Victoria Block. And it's going to be a safe standing zone, right? They hadn't had that at the Dignity Health Sports Park over the years. And they sent out a video of it. And it got me thinking. Yes, it is obvious that this is in response to the 3252. I don't care if they say it is or it isn't. It is. And the massive success LAFC have had specifically in that section of the stadium, the 3252, right? That is in response to that. The Galaxy are responding. So what? It's a good move. What do they say about imitation? Sincerest form of like, so what? It's a good move by the Galaxy to do this. They should. They should have done it a long time ago, frankly. So maybe it's a little reactionary. Maybe you can kind of, if you're an LAFC fan, say, aha, yeah, see? But for LA Galaxy, it is a good move, smart, bringing together several supporters groups. In fact, you know what really peaked it? It wasn't only just the video, but another tweet earlier in the day, someone I follow on Twitter, Josie B, at Hoppy Josie, and I'll, I'll just quote the tweet. It says, glad to see ACB getting safe standing, Angel City Brigade, We'll be bummed if atmosphere is still four different groups singing different songs. Amen. That's a very good. That's a very good tweet. And that was uh, sent out not long after the video by the Galaxy earlier today. It's a good point. They have to come together. If you're the Galaxy, that's what you have to be striving for, and it's because just twelve miles up north, what they've done at the bank. What LAFC have been able to accomplish there in the 3252? Sometimes other people, other clubs, no matter if you hate them or love them, sometimes they have good ideas. And yes, you're in competition, but when you have the opportunity to do something that will help your club, if you're Galaxy fans, hopefully it'll help the club and the atmosphere. Because I don't care what anyone says, the atmosphere can be lacking at times at Dignity Health Sports Park, just if you're a soccer fan. 
Now, again, the supporter sections are all great. They do their best. They, uh, no shame in that. It's a big stadium, good-sized crowd. But it is smart to bring the Victoria block and get people standing there in a safe standing section. Whether it's you want to say it's copying the 32, it doesn't matter. I don't even think Galaxy fans should be worried about something that. Just go out there and sing your guts out in unison as one. It can only help the Galaxy and it can only help MLS. It can only help the rivalry. Right? Who cares? Let's go. Anything to help the rivalry. Because there's never anything wrong with that. Oh, cannot wait. Cannot wait until this season kicks off. And that's just another facet of it that I'm going to be keeping an eye on and how that changes the atmosphere at Dignity Health Sports Park for all the MLS sides coming in into Carson. That will be very, very interesting to see. You know what else is interesting about world football, and this is more of a national or international story? Barcelona gets another new manager. Kike Setien will take over. And Setien was uh, most recently, or I guess for him, as part of his resume, was coaching uh, Real Batis. Uh, and hadn't, I don't think he was still there, right? He just Now he's going to be taking over Barcelona. He was with Batis back in, you know, a couple years back in 19... 19- Another move, Ernesto Valverde, we hardly knew you. I, You know, it's amazing. We talk about sports in America and how there's a lot of turnover <laughs> for managers and for, you know, boy, it's tough. Tough gig to be a baseball manager or a football, you know, a tough gig to be an NFL head coach. Holy cow. Barcelona, by the way, is tied atop La Liga's table with Real Madrid, and they're getting rid of their manager. I know there's always things that go on at these massive clubs like a Barcelona or Real Madrid or a Man United. I get it. There's always things behind the scenes we don't know. Holy cow. You're tied for first atop the table. Actually, you're leading because of goal difference ever so slightly. And you're getting a new manager. Sweet mercy, the pressure. It's not even pressure, but just the expectations. Oh, my goodness. It makes your head spin to a large degree. Can you imagine? Yeah, you're uh, you're leading the uh, La Liga, battling tooth and nail with Real Madrid. You're still atop the league with goal difference. You've lost only three matches out of 19. More wins than anybody else in La Liga this season. More victories. And, yeah, you're gone. Wow. And, I mean, look. This has nothing to do with the new manager. Kike Setien is a good manager. He may be fantastic. But I think I'd rent instead of buying, Kike. Because, holy cow, you just, the life expectancy for managing a place like Barcelona, yikes. I mean, how do you, (sighs) amazing to me. But that's the way it goes, that a big club like that, it's just, un, you know, I know they lost to Atletico Madrid in the Supercopa, I get it. But, I mean, come on. There have been some, well, this is not the first time this has happened with Barcelona. and just They expect and demand perfection. Perfection. <laughs> and then some. 
fantastic. It, very fascinating, really. We'll see how Setien does at Barcelona there. Good manager. Don't expect him to be, you know, I certainly think he's going to be great tactically for this side. They'll be fine. Still have stoppage time to come. The best segment in all of radio. Can you believe that? We still have to get to that. And so much more. I am Dave Denholm, and you are listening to the home of world football in Southern California, ESPN LA 710. Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. I am Dave Denholm, hanging out with you here. Don't forget, if you miss any part of the show, you can podcast it. You probably should anyway. Subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, ESPN Pod Center, wherever your uh, podcatcher sends you. Yeah, Soccer Weekly with Dave Denholm. We appreciate that. We know you appreciate this next segment. Is always, it is the best way for us to just you know, bring you what's uh, hot, what's fun, what's hip, what's now, what's happening, what's wow. It is stoppage time. We're diving in. It's stoppage time. Yeah, stoppage time. It's stoppage time. Right now. He is the producer of this show. He is the producer of LAFC here on ESPN LA 710. And he is the host of Stoppage Time, the newly birthdayed. Yeah, that's right. Happy birthday to the great Mario Reyes. Mario, how are you, buddy? The big 4-0, feeling better than ever. Wow. Ready and motivated, ready to go. Holy cow, you are, oh my goodness, we are old. Just like what you described, what's hip, what's hot, what's wow. Yeah, I like that. I like how oh, you described man. that. <laughs> I think I stole that from a TV show way back in the day, but I won't tell anyone if you won't. <laughs> oh, come on, give yourself a little credit, Dave. You're good at very that. Very little. Yeah, very little. I steal all my best bits from a great old TV show. No, I'm kidding. So what's going on here in uh, stoppage time this week? Dave, I want to talk about Christian Pulisic, the wonder boy, right? I mean, he's sure. over at the EPL with Chelsea. Yeah. Now, a lot of American players have went over to the EPL, you know, like Tim Howard, absolutely, uh, Dempsey, Donovan. But what Pulisic is trying to do here is he's trying to star for one of the major, major teams in all of the world of football. Yeah. Now, how how big uh, would that be for him to actually, you know, be able to do this, to actually be the star of one of the biggest teams in the world? Yeah, I've said it before. I think it's a great question. I really do. I said it before, Mario. And I can sum it up this way because it deserves more attention, and I'm glad you bring it up. If someone like a Christian Pulisic, and I'm not saying he's going to do it, but if someone like him now in this world that we love, the world of football, if he were to break through at one of these massive clubs, and certainly Chelsea fits that bill, and become the best, right? And like dominating for Chelsea one of the best players in the world but the best on you know one of these top clubs and leading them to glory and can do it for the US men's national team that person will likely become the most popular player in all of sports on the planet right the tiger woods the muhammad ali type but yeah, soccer is a me. sport where they would have to do it in both, right? They'd have to do it in the yes. the national team and on the club level. Exactly. And let's think about that. If you do it on the club level, that's big enough for an American to do that, right? To, let's say Christian Pulisic becomes the best player on Chelsea, without a doubt, by the way, already the most skilled player on Chelsea. Yeah, I said it. Already that. But let's say he becomes the most dominant player on Chelsea, and Chelsea become what Liverpool is now, Man City has been the last few. Let's say Chelsea. Be, and then take that further in the United States. 
maybe goes on and does crazy things at the world. Maybe even, dare I say, wins the World Cup someday. Oh, wow. Right? Now you're talking about a major star. Well, exactly. But that's what it's going to take. So yeah. I'm not saying Christian Pulisic's going to do all that. I don't know. I don't think he will, frankly. The odds are against him. Let's put it that way. But somebody soon will, and they will become yes. the biggest athlete in the world. Oh, if that happens, for sure. You know, and that, it's just that is just the way it's going to be if that happens. But all of that has to line up. Now, again, you can't really – you don't know who that's going to be because that's hard. I mean, look at Kylian Mbappe. I mean, you, you couldn't have seen that coming. Five, I'm sorry. You couldn't have at that young age and do what he's done. But – even a guy like him, first of all, when Messi and Ronaldo are still around, nobody's going to be bigger than them. I don't care what you do, right? Paul Pogba just won the World Cup. Kylian Mbappe just won the World They're not bigger than those guys. So those guys are going to have to retire first. You know what I mean? And then you can start thinking about these things. But it is something to think about with Christian Pulisic even making the move to Chelsea like he did for big money from a huge German club now to a huge English club. And it, it just that little slow turn, it's going in the right direction, Mario, and it's a great question. We will likely see it in our lifetimes, even though we're both getting way older. Happy birthday to you, Mario Reese. Thank you. I appreciate that, Dave. You bet. Yeah. I am Dave Denholm. That is stoppage time. This has been a great show. Again, hit me up on Twitter to continue the conversation at Talk Soccer. Dave Denholm, this is Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710.